Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm responding to a mom whose four-year-old has seemed to pick up the F word, and he's using it effectively to shock, dismay, and anger his parents. Mom and dad have both tried several strategies, but nothing seems to work. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Hi, Janet. I wanted to ask an anonymous question if possible. I have been having some difficulties with my four-year-old son. He's always been what I would describe as spirited and strong-willed. He is also what I describe as loving, sensitive, and thoughtful. His behavior lately has been quite intense, which I can understand given that I just had a new baby in September, and then we moved into a new home in October. I'm completely empathetic and try to react to him in a kind, calm manner when he is testing his boundaries. I also make sure I spend quality one-on-one time with him, at least daily. But there's one particular thing I'm having the most trouble with. He picked up the F word and now has been constantly using it. It seems to me that he's doing it for the reaction, but nothing I say or do makes him stop. It's becoming extremely embarrassing as I do not speak like this at all and find it very unacceptable. I had first tried ignoring when he would say the word, hoping that by not giving a reaction, it would lose its appeal. That just made him say it louder and more often. Then I tried telling him, that word is unacceptable, I won't let you say it. Still, this only encouraged him more. Then my husband wanted to try taking toys away and timeouts, which I opposed, but was willing to try anything at this point, This totally backfired. He would grab his toy, say the word, and laugh, waiting until we took it from him. This game would go on and on. Timeouts would result in me being kicked, hit, spit on, while trying to get him to stay in the timeout spot. I know there has to be a better way that I'm missing. My husband's reaction is to become angry and more aggressive with him. He thinks my way is too soft and doesn't work. Please help me. Okay, so... The situation that's going on with this family is that, yes, there's some big stressors here with the move, moving house, and then even more so, the transition to having a sibling. This boy is saying through his behavior that he is overwhelmed, he's out of himself, he's veering into impulsivity often, and one of the ways that's showing up is he's found a tool. This word has become a tool for him. It is something that he controls, as you're noticing, unfortunately. There's really nothing that you can do to stop him from saying that word. You could create a lot of shame and and a lot of fear for him, which is already what's going on, not so much the shame, but he's, he's already feeling very fearful. For children, when they're in these transitions, it's, it's like a a grieving period, and it's a loss, and it is scary because they've like lost their footing. They don't know how their parents really feeling about them right now. They don't know what this big change of this sibling is, what's being ripped away from them there that feels like this intimate relationship they had with both their parents is uh, threatened in some way. It's a very scary time. Now, the way this usually goes down is that the child hears it somewhere. In this case, it's not in the family. So that's good. That, that makes it 
easier for you if you're not in the, ha- in the habit of saying those words. And, you know, I recommend that if someone is, that they they really try to curb that during this time in their children's life. I remember my dad used to say, nuts, 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 every time he was angry. And, you know, looking back, obviously, that wasn't part of his vocabulary before he had children. But I really appreciated, you know, now I appreciate that he made that effort to be a model of acceptable language. So in this case, which often happens, it sounds like this boy heard it somewhere. And when children hear this word, there's usually a charge around it. You know, they sense that this is a a big word, that this is something that is powerful. And so children try this out on their parents. They want to explore the charge that they noticed around that word. The best thing to do if that happens is to, you know, nod your head and notice like, oh, uh-huh. or, you know, just let it go and not make anything out of it, not, you know, turn away and ignore it. That makes it into something powerful as much as reacting angrily or, you know, with shock. So we don't want to do either of those things. We want to just show that we see that it's a word and it does not get a rise out of us. And to set ourselves up for this, we have to know that children are learners, children are explorers. And one of the key things that they explore is their power with other people also their parents as the leaders that they need, especially in times when they feel so kind of scared and lost and out of themselves, they need to know that we can handle what's going on. So what, you know, would you do if I said a word that he probably already knew from the beginning he wasn't supposed to say? How did they handle this? Do they get all charged up and riled up and make me feel very powerful and even more scared about using this word? Or do they see this as a tiny guy doing something really obvious, you know, trying to push our button with a word, trying to see what's going to happen, and we don't let it bother us. We don't let it bother us. And it's really important to do this, you know, one-on-one with our child because Obviously, we don't want our child to be doing this kind of experimentation when we're, you know, at grandma's house or out in public. So the way we handle it when we're alone with our child is really, really important because it's like a preventative measure. And this is true with a lot of behavior that children do. You know, we don't want them to be screaming their heads off, you know, at the library. So we allow the screaming at home and we don't react to it. So with the word... Again, the best thing is to would be to say, oh, you know, you heard a new word or, you know, just nod your head and not say anything. Let it go. It's a little harder to turn this around once it's already gone down a road of him knowing that this is a very powerful word. And that's what's happened here. But <laughs> don't worry. It's definitely not too late to take the power out of it. It will take a concerted effort. And part of this is not just about the word, it's about the way that you're handling his feelings generally around these transitions. It's wonderful the way this mom says she tries to react to him in a kind, calm manner when he's testing. So that is wonderful. But I would also notice when he's testing, I would notice that he's expressing some displeasure with his surroundings at that time. 
So I would make sure that he's getting that message from you that you're getting his message. In other words, if you're just calm and like, da, 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 you know, I'm going to stop you and that's great. But even more than that, he needs you to look at him and see, yeah, you feel like pushing right now. You feel like hitting. Wow. Yeah, I see that. I see that guy there. See him in that kind of accepting, I see your pain manner. This parent saying that ignoring didn't work. I think he needs to feel seen in his pain. Uh, what I would ignore is how awful that word is and how shocking it is and how scary it is for you that your son's saying it. That's the part that I would put aside, understanding that this is definitely impulsive, I'm hurting kind of behavior, even if he's smiling. It's that giddy kind of, <laughs> you know, it's not a comfortable smile. So rise above this, see him, see the little guy that's not happy, you know, um, and that's going through something, a scary time. So this takes a lot of reminders. Uh, it takes a lot of practice, letting things roll off our backs. But that has to start with us seeing it as normal. So that's the first thing. This isn't alarming. This isn't something that's showing you're, you've taken a horrible detour and, you know, you've lost him and he's going to be going around saying terrible words to everyone the rest of his life. This is temporary. And it's going to be shorter lived if you can not get reactive about the words and see his pain wherever it comes out. That doesn't mean you're going to say, oh, this is about the baby and moving and, you know, we don't know that and he doesn't know that. And I, I wouldn't say that, but I would just say what you see in the moment. Wow, you want to hit right now. You want to say some hurtful words right now. I hear that. You know, you're showing me that you, you need my help stopping. But again, those would be the behaviors that you can actually stop with the word. I would do even less. <laughs> I would, you know, just nod your head. Don't turn away from it and ignore it so that he has to keep saying, did you hear me? Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again and say it again, which sounds like what happened. But just you can say any word in the world and it's not going to bother me. I remember um, there was a friend of my son's, he's still a best friend, that in preschool, he had this thing about saying chicken butt. And uh, his mother drove her crazy. She's a dear friend of mine. And that went on for such a long time because it drove her crazy. She let it drive her crazy. She would just, you know, offended her. And uh, again, I think he was actually having a baby sister at that time. Either his mom was expecting or she'd had the baby. Um, so it made a lot of sense on that level. But I think she could have cut that really short by not letting it get a rise out of her. And, you know, he turned into a wonderful guy. So and he was a wonderful child then as well. So this isn't a terrible sign. It's okay. Let it go. Let it go. You know, he's doing something that all children do, some version of. So don't worry about this. But yeah, try to see his pain. And then as I've often said in my articles and podcasts about this transition to a sibling, when things are nice between you, he's not in this impulsive behavior, I would tell him that you know how hard all of this is. Maybe you're doing this already. But that, gosh, he must miss when it was just us and we didn't have the baby and he must miss his uh, old house. And, you know, when children go through these kinds of things, they have a lot of feelings. They want to lash out sometimes. They want to lash out at their mom, their dad. 
they just feel kind of out of control sometimes, I would have those kind of talks with him so that he can feel even more relieved that you are on his side and that you are there for him to help him through this painful period. That will bring down the level of the behavior because, you know, the behavior is being driven by the feelings. So if he can feel safe and comfortable in his parents' love and understanding of him, even when he's saying horrible words, ah, it will be such a relief. His behavior will show it. And he will be that loving, sensitive, thoughtful guy again. He's still that guy. I hope that helps. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please check out some of my other podcasts. I discuss these kinds of issues a lot and given a lot of examples. And again, both of my books available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Barnes and Noble, apple.com and Amazon. And my new audio series, check it out. Again, these are individual recordings of my private consultations with parents discussing their urgent parenting issues. You can click the toolbar on my website where it says sessions and take a look. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this.